High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Why don't we give Jesus a big hand tonight? He deserves all the glory and all the honor. I'm so grateful to be here. I also want to take some time and just honor everyone who's put this conference together. Let's give them a hand. It takes a lot of work to put something like this together. And I also want to honor the multimedia team, the sound people, the lighting, the camera. I've seen those camera guys, they are committed. Like they're coming here and I'm like, how do I not get distracted? Because they are just 100% doing what they need to do. And so we're going to get right to the word. But I just appreciate places that take the time to invest back. And, and there is such an incredible atmosphere. How many of you experienced that? We had a great time in the morning. Uh, if you missed it, I would encourage you to come this morning. Pastor Garrett shared a little bit on not just leaving on the mountaintop, but how we're prepared at the mountaintop to carry it out in the valleys. Uh, and he talked about how Jesus took three guys with him, and that just kind of stuck with me. And he said, you know, I wonder what the other disciples were thinking, and I just couldn't get that out of my head. I just kept thinking, like, Peter came down, and they had, like, some inside jokes, and they were like, you just had to be there. And I'm thinking, you just have to be here in the morning to experience what we had this morning. So don't miss out tomorrow morning. Um, Pastor Chelsea then shared um, a powerful message too. Uh, she judged me as I was out in the bathroom, but I will not give her the same judgment. I'm going to be different. Um, but it was very, very powerful. And I think to myself, God is doing incredible things. I do have one question. How did you get on, in, on the God squad? <laughs> yeah, it was a morning thing. You had to be here. Um, open up your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to talk about endurance a little bit. We're, we're talking about movement conference, how we're living in the moments right here. And, and I just felt the word, the Lord kind of just give me this word. And, and we're going to just take a moment and, and I, what Pastor Joshua was saying, would you kind of engage? And I believe this word is not only for every young person in this room, but I believe it's a word for all of us in this room, young, old. It, it doesn't matter where, where you fall on the A-train scale, but I believe this is a word for the church. Now, Hebrews chapter 12. ¿Y qué pasaría si yo empiezo a hablar ahorita y declaro que el Espíritu Santo va a estar con ustedes? Now, listen, listen why I'm doing this, right? Because why it's so important that you engage and that you understand? Because if I preach here the whole time in Spanish and you don't understand, you won't be able to be a doer of what I just spoke. So if we're here and you've been hearing powerful messages after powerful messages, but you're not understanding because you're just sitting there, you won't be able to carry it out what the word, what the Lord is telling you. And before I get into it, I just want to encourage you, I could be declaring a powerful thing over your life, but if you're not understanding, it's going to be hard to carry it out. In Matthew chapter 7, after Jesus preaches the Sermon on the Mount, he says, but those who hear these words and put them into practices are like those who build on the rock. And I believe we're hearing incredible words. 
And I know that it's it's going to keep getting better, and tomorrow night is going to be powerful. But if you don't understand, then the words are going to just be nothing to us. So as we keep on going, as you're engaging, just make sure that you allow yourself to understand. So Hebrews chapter 12. Now Hebrews chapter 11 is a very known verse. It talks about the heroes of the faith. And, and then we go on to Hebrews chapter 12, and then we're going to just kind of pick up right there. And he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of, the, of God. Would you give Jesus one more time praise for enduring his pain for us? We're going to pray. Father, I thank you tonight. Lord, I thank you for the atmosphere. I thank you for that incredible worship team. Lord, I thank you because there is people in this place that are hungry for your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us endure in this season that is ahead of us. Lord, that you build up a church that is not shaken by anything, but that is stand strong. That we will endure the race set before us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak through me to every person in this room. Would you let those who have ears hear, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you continue to move tonight as we join along and as we worship together. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe that God is calling all young, old, you know, Pastor Micah shared his age by saying he played video games that it was a cassette. When you looked at the promo video for this, some of you had to Google that. Like, what is that thing you're putting in there? Especially the younger. But as I'm, I'm thinking about what to share, and as I've been praying for a couple of weeks, I, I just felt like the church needs to grab a hold to the concept of endurance. To stand strong and to endure for what is right. To stand firm. And we're going to break this down, and I feel just God kind of give me four words with the letter R, because if you're a preacher, you have to do that. But I genuinely believe that as we hear this passage and as we kind of break it down, God is really raising up a church, a remnant of people that are willing to stand firm, to endure the race set before them. Young people that are in this room, you're not going to be changing your mind back and forth about who Jesus is. He's calling you to stern for him like never before. Pastor Garrett said it today, he said, people are going to be curious about Jesus again because the church is going to have to look different. We're going to have to stand for him. And the first thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes is we need repentance. We need repentance. And Pastor Micah did a great job. Last night, kind of laying it out, I want to make sure Patrick is here because he's going to be the prop guy from now on. <laughs> is he here? There he is. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to call you up. But that was good. He jumped on top of him, and if you forgot everything he said, you remember how God's mercies are after us and how he's turning us and making things that are new, but we need repentance. And I believe more than ever when we read the scripture, it says, letting aside all sin that entangles us. 
Because sin can be sneaky. He allows you to feel good for a moment, but then he draws you into the pit of hell. And I know that sounds kind of strong, but it's the truth. So we need repentance. We need to change our mind, and we need to let go of that sin, and we are aware of what that sin is. Each and every one of us is working through something that we must let go. No one in this room is safe from letting something go. All of us, even myself standing up here, there is something that God is challenging me to let go. Because the more you seek him, the more he wants from you. And so we need repentance. And one of the things that I genuinely think we need to repent is from self-idolatry. We are so selfish. You know, I think our generation came up with the word selfie. I, don't, I honestly don't even know how to take one. But you know, you know people know how to take a selfie by how they hold their phone. I can't even, like, there, I feel like there's a special pose with the phone that you have to have. Like, I don't know, but if, like, if they're whole, I can't even do it. I'm going to try, but I just, I don't think I can. Yeah. Kind of, right? Oh, and, and the mirror pictures, I, I just know they're supposed, but as I think about this, like, we came up with this, and, and, and the enemy a, a lot of times has allowed us to say, like, not focus on, oh, we're not worshiping the devil. No, but he's got you worshiping yourself. And we're off to trying to make God look like us. And instead of fixing our eyes on Jesus, like the scripture tells us, we're fixing the eyes on ourselves. And we're often so selfish. And I'm thinking to myself, it's all about us. And, and you might be hearing this, you know, there's nothing wrong with social medias or Instagram. But this world is calling us to self-indulge and instead of having self-control. We have, we're so aware of our needs and what we want that we often forget what God is desiring from us. And I was thinking like, you know, we need to really stop being so selfish. Look at the person next to you and tell them, check your attitude. You know, I, I look at our generation and very often our attitude reflects and can reflect our relationship with God. How mad, how fast we get mad at something reflects our, even our times of devotion. And it's happened to me. Sometimes I'll, I'll be like to my wife, woman, go to the kitchen. I'm just kidding. I would never do that. But honestly, it does happen. Our character does reflect more with the people closest to us. And so when I think about our attitude, I think when I think about being selfish and kind of forgetting of who God is, and when I think about repentance, I think we really, as a church, need to reflect on our attitude towards others and our attitude towards God. Because I know that there are things that has happened, but those things, we know this. This is not a phrase I'm making up, but you know that you cannot control what has happened to you. But you can control how you respond to it. You can control how is your attitude towards that that happened to you. And I want to read really quick Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. And look what it tells us here. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interest in others too. You must have the same attitude 
that Christ Jesus had. When we talk about repentance, when we look at that chapter, that is such an unpopular chapter today. Like God is not telling me to have self-care. Like a lot of you are offended already. Like, because we are racing, uh, I, I'm trying to be careful because sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit of a grumpy old man. But <laughs> sometimes I go to places and I'm like at Home Depot, which now apparently is like one of my favorite stores as I turn 30. <laughs> and I'm there and I'm like, I need to talk to the manager and the manager is like 18 years old. <laughs> but the truth is, you young people are the generation of today. And I'm thinking, if we don't awake ourselves to the reality, like this is telling us, hey, don't be selfish. Stop trying to impress others. The Bible is literally telling us that. We need repentance. We need to check our hearts, check our attitude. Stop aiming to impress others. And this has been said throughout the conference. But I'm thinking to myself, what a powerful verse. As we think of the church today, and as you are in middle school and high school and college, and if you understand the verse that we just read, and you apply that principle today, and you say, you know what, they, they've been kind of sharing principle after principle. If I can start focusing a little bit less on me and more on fixing my eyes on Jesus. What would happen? So we need repentance. The second thing I believe we need is we need resistance. So, and the word endure kind of takes that in, into account. But resistance is such a powerful thing if you want to be successful in the kingdom of God. And, and let me tell you something about resistance. It's not built overnight. It takes years to build resistance. I, I, when I think about resistance, I think about running. I used to run, believe it or not. <laughs> But I remember, and I think when I think about resistance, I, I very often connected to working out. But those of you that are not Patrick, no, I'm kidding, that are not in shape, do you remember a time when you were in shape? I remember the best time of my life right before I was about to get married. I was running like seven miles a day. And I often think back and I look back at the time and I'm thinking there's clothes that I still have in my closet thinking I'm going to go back to that. I think I should throw them away by now. I'm officially uh, a large. But when I think about resistance, that, that's one thing I think about. And, and I often feel like one of the hardest things to do in life is when you were in shape and then trying to go back to that place. And very often that translates spiritually too. We can remember a time when we were fired up for God. We had repentance, we had built resistance to sin. We stood strong and it's so hard because we've gone to a place of comfort where we no longer have built resistance in us and we're like, no, we're just never gonna go back to that. And some of you maybe you've never experienced, but God has brought you here and he's not looking for a weak generation. He's looking for a generation that's saying we need repentance and we need resistance. And I think about three young men in the book of Daniel that I'm about to butcher their names. Shadrach, Me Meshach, and Abednego. Eh, not bad, right? Not bad for Hispanic. Um, when I think about those three guys, I think their culture in that time, just to give you a little summary, they put this big statue and they had everybody bowing down. 
Now I want you to understand, in today's world, that's not what that's going to look like. But there is a lot of idols in today's culture the enemy wants you to bow down. One is including yourself. And when I think about them, they had a couple options. They decided to resist that. But think about how easy it would have been to kind of rationalize that and said maybe, like, you know, we could fake bow down. You know, we can bow down and not really worship. You know, it's like very often, well, I can kind of do this and I don't have to be like that Christians that resist that. Or they could have said, you know, we can just worship once and then God will forgive us. They could have potentially said, you know, if we don't do this and they kill us, then who's going to help all these people? Very often they're like, well, if I don't go to my friends to this party, then how am I going to evangelize them? If I don't go and do this, or if I have just one drink, it's not like God's going to forgive me. And very often we look ways to compromise. And, and, and let me tell you something. If you, and I can promise you this, if you are committed to serving God, Satan, the enemy, will give you opportunities to compromise your commitment. He will give, he will find a way. They've said it today, whether it's through sending the wrong picture, talking to the wrong person, you name it. But there is a bunch of things in our culture today that are drawing us away from God. They are trying to make God like any other God when clearly we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is no other like him. So we must, as a church, we need repentance and we need to learn to how to resist. We need resistance. And that's not built overnight. However, I will, say, I will say tonight you can start building up your resistance. Tonight you can say, you know what? The scripture said, letting go of all those things that hinder me and I need to endure the race set before me. So we need repentance. We need resistance. We need resilience. And I want to just clarify the difference between those two. Resistance refers to the ability of a, of a community like us to withstand the disturbance as where resilience refers to the ability to recover after suffering from that disturbance. Our faith will be tested. You're going to leave this place and the moment you leave, everything you've learned will be put to the test. Whether, you know, you're going to walk out of here and if you were struggling with porn, you're going to want to do that the following night. Because our faith needs to be tested. Not only do we need resistance, we need resilience. And I want you to read really quick 1 Peter 1.7. Turn to your iPhones, I mean to your Bibles. 1 Peter 1.7. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies goals. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory. And honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. I believe that as a church, I, I don't want to stand here and tell you, hey, when you leave this place, you're going to leave this place floating like an angel, and you're not going to face anything. Pastor Chelsea did a great job saying, hey, I left the ramp conference, 
And the only one that had encountered God was me, but everything else remained the same. And I love, you know, I do love the atmospheres we create in here because I don't know if you're anything like me, but I come in here and I feel like I'm the strongest Christian ever. It's a beautiful atmosphere. I mean, you come in here, we're worshiping. That last song we just sang was incredible. It honors the presence of God, like, it, it, with amazing words. And we could just be here all night. Honestly, worship was so powerful, we could have dismissed tonight, and it would have been amazing. Yeah. That's how good it was. And, and we walk into atmospheres like this, and we're like, man, this is good. I can pray for anyone. But can you pray for people when you're outside of these four walls? That's when our faith is really tested. That's when we need resistance. That's when we need resilience because you're going to go out there and they're going to test your character. I mean, you're going to get out of here and someone's going to cut you off on the road. And you're going to decide if you're going to bless them or just hunk at them. And so the truth is our faith needs to be tested. There was a preacher who used to say, no grass stains, no glories, no bruises, no stories. Meaning the trials are really what defines our faith. And so when we go through this process, I just want, it, I want you to be aware that you're going to leave this place and you're going to face some tough times. Now, I'm not declaring that over you. I'm just saying we live in a broken world. Well, we can have peace because Jesus overcame the world. So we need repentance. We need resistance. We need resilience. And I think about the three guys again that we were talking about just a minute ago. I'm not going to say their names again. But on Daniel chapter 3, it said, this is what they said. Because again, they were trying to make three young guys bow down to the world. This is why the world is pushing for our kids, for all of the kids. You can name the situation, but they are after families. They are after the young generation. And so these three guys, look at what they said. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, so the punishment for not bowing down to the idol is that they were going to be thrown into a blazing furnace. Look, and then they say, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power and your majesty. And so no matter what you will see leaving this place, and I know tonight is not your last night, but I want to prepare you because I believe you're going to keep on receiving more and more every night. But you are young, old, or any age, you are representing the church. You have to stand strong. You have to be able to resist. But even if you see a bad medical report, even if you see a broken relationship, you have to know that God can save, that God can restore. He's looking for people that are faithful, that are even going through the trials of this world, but remaining faithful through their tests. And so I'm telling you, and then I, I, love, this, I love this part even more. On verse 18, when they said, but even if God doesn't, we want to make it clear to you that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. They knew that their eyes were set on eternity. So as we think about, I, I just want to just even remind you, your faithful obedience is your responsibility. And the outcome of that is God's responsibility. You're just called to be faithful. You're called to resist. You're called to be resilient. But I'm really thinking 
God wants to wake us up as a church. And don't, he doesn't want us to be moved by the trends. He doesn't want you to be moved by what everyone else is doing. He wants you to be faithful in what he's called you. And even if you feel like God hasn't come through like you wanted him to, he's still God. And you're still the church. One of the things I, I honor about high praise, how, long, how old is high praise? 26 years, right? And I think they are the perfect example of this. God has called them to be a prophetic church to equip families, to equip believers. And over the times and the years have passed, and high praise has remained faithful. They face trials, but one of the things I admire about this church is how over the long period of time, they remain faithful to what God has called them to do. And we have to learn to look at things like that. And we must honor Apostle Robert, Apostle Stacy, and think of them. They've been here 26 years, and they've remained faithful to their calling. Has there been trials? Of course. They've been tested. And as you're young, racing, you're, you're growing up in this church, or maybe you're visiting from a different church, but God is telling you, you can't change based on the trends of the world, on the cultural opinions, but you have to stand firm. We cannot be a weak church, or we're not going to make it in this next season. You're going to be moved away by whatever the culture is saying. No one, you know what? It's not cool to save yourself from marriage anymore. No one's doing it. Well, the church can do that. You can sure wait. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter if everyone else is bowing down. Because we've been called to be different. Let go of sin that entangles you. And set your eyes on Jesus, the perfecter of your faith. And when we look at Peter, Peter is great. I feel like he's so relatable because he was so not a perfect guy. I feel like Paul is a little harder to relate to because, I mean, he was a genius. He wrote like half of the New Testament. But Peter is like, that's my guy. And I look at Peter, though, and his transformation was incredible. And so the last thing I want you to write down is, so number one is we need repentance. We need resistance. We need resilience. And the last thing I want you to write down is we need renewal. And that's going to lead to revival. But I look at Peter as, as, we, as, as we kind of come to a close. And I want you to turn to Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5. And we already kind of read a verse on Peter. But I think when I think about the first chapter we read before we read that one on Peter, I'll, I'll, go, I'll, I'll jump to that one in a minute. But I was thinking a little bit, as we think about fixing our eyes on Jesus as a church, that's kind of what we're doing here. We're, get, we're gathering together and we're worshiping and it really allows us to narrow our focus to look at him. And how can we not be transformed when we look at him? How can you come in this room and not leave this place changed? How could you not be in the presence of God, how we've been worshiping, and not lift up your hands? My prayer is that tomorrow morning and tonight, worship and praise is going to bring the house down. Because you're going to come with an awareness that we need to be renewed. Because how can we not change when we look and gaze our eyes on Jesus, the, the perfecter of our faith? We cannot minimize who Jesus is. And so when he tells us, hey, you're going to let go of all of this, 
and you're going to fix your eyes on Jesus. And then we look at someone like Peter, who at first, his name was Simon, easily moved by the wind. And God said, no, no, no. Well, I don't want a church that's easily moved. You know what? Everybody's doing it. Oh, we go this direction. Oh, we go this way. Oh, I'm, I'm deconstructing my faith. Oh, I'm rebuilding. My, oh, what are we doing now? No, God's saying, I'm looking for a church that is, has a firm foundation. And so he tells Peter, you're not longer going to be Simon. You're going to be Peter. And, and, and that wasn't a, a, an automatic change, but it was an ongoing process. Because we look at the same Peter that denied Christ, then it gets filled with the Holy Spirit, preaches a powerful message, and people are radically changed. Because when you are firm, when you endure, when you're not easily moved, people around you are gonna notice. You might look like you're old school, but the truth is, you're just following what the Bible is saying. You're saying, you know what, I went to a conference and I decided to understand and to put into practice. And so the same Peter that denies Jesus, I, I, when you read the book of Peter, you're like, who is this guy? So now we can look what Peter tells us in chapter 5. And the grace of... And the God of all grace, who called you to this eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered, you've been tested a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. So good. I mean, the truth is, we're not even strong for ourselves. We're strong for his glory. And he's looking for a church that represents him well. And then, I, again, I love to see what Peter, like how Peter writes. And you're like, this is the same guy that denied him. And then here he's telling us, hey, he's going to restore you himself and make you strong and firm. So if you feel weak and you feel like you've been shaken, well, you're saying, I'm about to get ready to be strong and firm like ever before. I'm going to endure the race set before me, and I'm not going to be a weak church because we are the church. This building is just where we gather. But when we go outside of these four walls, I believe God is looking for a generation that stands firm. And you can see, like, what happened to Peter? He encountered Christ. He fixed his eyes on Christ. And you read the whole book of Peter, and you're like, this guy, is, he's so wise. This guy goes from watching Jesus be crucified. He, he, he goes from denying Christ, and the historians tell us, that he, he, he was killed, crucified upside down because he felt like he wasn't worthy of being crucified like Jesus was. And I'm thinking, what an incredible change. You go from a leaf that's blown by the wind to being standing firm. And I'm thinking, all the young people in this room and all of us, pastor, leaders, every single one of us, 
He's calling the church to wake up and to stand firm. The enemy might be after our generation, but if few people stand firm, if the church remains steadfast, the enemy will not have the victory in our generation. I am believing that the, the, this culture can be changed by those people that are renewing that are fire up for God. For those of you that are saying, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to let go of the sin. I'm going to repent. I'm going to grab a hold of every word that is being shared, but I'm going to stand firm. Yeah. It's the concept of the last man standing. I think to myself, and I always share this, I think I often ask myself, and, and like, why would God pick someone like me? And, and I've often gone through different trains of thought, but one of the things that I've seen in my life in the trials and the suffering in the different seasons is I've decided one thing. I, I know I'm, I'm not the most talented. I know maybe I'm not the most handsome. Well, that that's, might be it. No, I'm kidding. Um, I know I'm nowhere near perfect, but one thing I've learned to do is I've decided that I'm going to persevere. I'm never going to quit. Even there are some that I've wanted to, even there are seasons that I'm like, I'm ready to, to just let go. But I've decided to remain steadfast and not because I'm perfect. But every time I almost forget, God brings even people around me that, that remind me and say, hey, fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the perfecter of your faith. And he's looking for people that will represent him. He's looking for a church that is going to endure. I'm telling you, when you leave this place, you're going to be tested. And, and again, I'm not trying to scare you, but it's just life. And I'm praying that you've taken notes through every single word. And I know you can summarize my message in, in one word. It really is endure. And as we think about this passage, as we think about Hebrews chapter 11, and if we can get the, the band and we're going to close with worship. But as we think about Hebrews chapter 11, he goes and starts talking about naming all these people of faith throughout scriptures. And you can stand on your feet. And then he says, and they didn't achieve because God has something prepared for all of us. And then he goes into the picture of running in the stadium and letting go of things that entangle you. But I believe there is a lot of churches that have compromised. And I don't say this to talk about any church bad in any way or, or, or place or anything like that. But I believe God, as I see around this room, he's raising young people that are going to endure. That are firm of the faith. That are going to be knowers of the word of God. You know, I love to see when churches invest in their kids, when they invest in their worship. And, and most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of the scripture we remember, we learned it when we were young. As we get older, our brain kind of begins to just skip here and there, and it's harder to memorize scripture. So as you're young, as you're here, and, and, and you see what God is doing, I want you to know and just hear my heart out. I, I see you like an army that God is preparing. And that was the visual image. And I see some of us even that maybe have been wounded. 
And there's been some healing along the process throughout the night. But I also felt like that word that, that was shared earlier, how some of you are kind of still standing back. And I just want to encourage you in the second night of this conference to be willing to come forth and say, I'm going to endure. And I want you to know, again, I, I'm sorry if, if this sounds discouraging. That was not my intention. But th your faith will be tested. But it will become trusted. And God, I just, I, I just, this is what I hear, like God just speak over us. He's looking for people that are going to stand firm and just not be moved by, by trends, by culture. And I'm not talking about how you dress or, or, no, that's minimal. I'm talking about your spiritual life. I'm trying to get you in Pastor Chelsea's God Squad. On, <laughs> on a serious note, I really see like God is just seeking out worshipers in spirit and truth. And he's gazing over the earth and he's saying, I'm looking for those that are enduring the race. Because some of, a lot of us got distracted along the way. And a lot of us, you would say, well, I'm not worshiping Satan, but he got you just so caught up with yourself. And very often we, we try to make God the God we want. And that's just not how it works. God is not coming here to make you feel comfortable. He's here to restore you, to heal you, to bring you joy. But things are going to happen His way. And I know we don't like to hear that. And, and again, this is what God placed in my heart. He's looking for people that are going to stand firm. And as we do this together, His church is going to stand strong. And nothing can prevail against that. Not even hell, because Jesus is saying, if I get enough people to gaze their eyes on me and to stand strong, I'm telling you, I know I'm not the only one that sees this, but you just got to get online for about five minutes and you're like, we need Jesus. And so all I'm asking from you is are you willing to take a step of faith and say, I'm going to represent God and I'm going to stand strong. Does that mean you're going to be perfect? Absolutely not. But that does mean you're willing to let go of those things that are entangling you. And like I said, we, we've gone through a few altar calls at this point and, and we're about to wrap up. But as we worship, I want to encourage those people that are willing to make the decision and say, I want to endure. I just want to stand firm. You know, I, I've said this before, I know I'm not the most talented, but I just want to be there. And God, whatever you want to do, I'm willing. And so he's looking for, it doesn't matter the age, God is just looking for people that are saying, I'm willing to endure. So let's close our eyes in this room. And if we can begin to worship and if you can begin to pray in the spirit, I feel like God is going to raise up a very young generation that's going to stand firm. And so the church is not going to be shaken. The church is about to be in a good place. So if you're saying, God, I want to endure, I want you to come up front because I'm going to pray that God himself will restore you. Like we read in Peter, 
So those of you that are here tonight and saying, I want to endure, I want to run the race set before me, would you run up here to the front? And I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit, for God himself, and we're going to get pastors here to pray for you and, and say, I'm going to make sure that the church keeps moving forward. I'm going to make sure that Jesus' name keeps being preached all over the earth. God wants to raise up missionaries, people that are going to go to the ends of the earth and say, I'm going to preach the gospel. Only those that are saying, I want to be willing. I want to say, I want to endure. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.